Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast, Shadow Valley. My name's Brennan. You've got Gabe. And you've got Parker. Oh, yeah, Parker. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a dog. He's the guy. He's the concrete man. Hells yeah, bro. <laughs> He's the concrete brother. Oh, I wish uh, every time I walked into the store, I wish that like that chime just went off. Ta-ding. Made everyone's concrete head turn. Man. Nice. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, when you like open a con or like uh, go into a grocery store and it goes ding ding. Yeah. You know, it's instead of going ding ding, just concrete man. <laughs> Every time Parker walks into a door. Yeah. Sounds like a, a movie. And everyone's intro, like, a yeah, does. <laughs> Ever, everyone's all that little guy. <laughs> <laughs> that little guy. What the hell? That's concrete man. Be like, hell yeah, dude. And you just <laughs> yeah. pull, pull out your big old schlonger. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of that. Oh, um, here we go. So this, I'm this is super into Supercross, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. Um, so this past week, uh, his name's Cameron McAdoo. He's one of the 250 riders, mm-hmm. so he's younger. But anyways, um, in the main event, he crashed and uh, tore his crotch out of his <gasps> riding pants and his underwear. No. Damn, bro. And he was riding and legit his balls were hanging out what in the air. The and like, hell? there's pictures all over the internet of his balls just flying through the Dude, air. That's Damn. actually so <laughs> baller. Can you imagine? That'd be so yeah. sick. Low key, I was like thinking Freaking. when you mentioned the person, I was like, would it be somebody I want to smash? But like, <laughs> I don't know. We're so aggressive. Google him. He's got an Instagram. Look up Cameron McAdoo. And now you right. can see his testicles too. So let me look. Cameron yeah. McAdoo. He even posted on Instagram. Um, Sorry, everybody, for the, ro- for the ride or something like that. And he said, but don't judge. It's a little cold. And everyone's like, oh, he's just being arrogant because his balls are huge. <laughs> like just damn. Damn. That's a wild. good set of testicles just hanging out in the wind. So yeah, how dude, did he I'd get smash. hurt? Well, how did he get hurt? Or I guess hurt. But what happened to, to rip out his both or three layers of crotch? Oh, well, just uh, like so... It, in Supercross, like the the gate drops and everyone starts at the same time. So that first corner, uh-huh. usually a, a, quite a few people wreck. Mm-hmm. So you're just trying to like survive the first corner kind of because there's so many bikes going in such a small like little area. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so he just kind of tipped over. And I don't know if someone's handlebars got his crotch or what, but like, I just can't believe that you have no crotch and then you just get up and start riding and you're like, like seat bouncing is this thing they do but it's where you literally like push down on the seat with like your body and it compresses the shock so uh-huh. that the shock then pushes you like so that you like get almost. air yeah uh, yeah okay. huh. and uh <laughs> so he's like just has no no crotch or anything he's just freaking seat bouncing with his testicles hanging out Damn, I, it's so baller it's pretty awesome Dude. that's so baller I, I was going to tell you guys this story earlier, but I completely spaced it out. Okay. So um, this week, uh, yeah, I think it was Wednesday, I went to my stepbrother's hockey game. Okay. And, you know, I'm starting to really enjoy, like, watching hockey. Oh, really? I think, yeah, I think hockey is, like, a really interesting sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, better than football. Dude, but- you'd probably like soccer, then. 
Because soccer and hockey are, I mean, obviously like hockey's way more aggressive, but I like the aggression. That's what I like. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, cause like soccer is just more of a, forgive our hockey fans, but yeah. I would say more of an elegant version of hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They can ice skate. It's Dude, I can fancy. ice skate too. Can you go backwards? Hell yeah. Well, I can. Um, <laughs> but no, I actually um, can. I suck at ice skating. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> Well, as I was there watching the game, what ended up happening is um, on my stepbrother's team, one of the kids got kicked off for like a bullshit reason. Like he got screwed over really bad Uh Um, and he was ejected permanently from the game. So wait, your uh, stepbrother? No, this other kid on his team. Okay. Um, And I thought, you know, that was terrible that the ref screwed over this child. And so I screamed out onto the field i said ref is a child fucker what the hell <laughs> oh my gosh I mean, he screwed over a child dude that is crazy did you get ejected out of the freaking arena i did have to leave <laughs> oh no shit i was just like oh <laughs> yeah i mean I, Wait, I they made you leave i i was tired as it already was and mm. i just wanted to go home because i had work the next day mm. but that makes sense um i did learn that there's a certain level of decorum that you have to um, <laughs> follow in uh, hockey as a spectator, especially after, I mean, it's high school hockey. Um, and so they're not as aggressive. You as have like, a stepbrother in high school? Yeah. Oh, I thought all your step siblings were like older than you. No, I think he's like a junior. Oh, cool. But yeah. Well, but when, I mean, the, st- the you saying that is like, you're basically calling him a pedophile, even though that's not really how you meant yeah, it. But, but I mean, if I was the ref, I would be like, get that guy out of here before my life is ruined. Well, before it, I said, <laughs> before I said he was a child fucker, I said, call Chris Hansen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> call Chris Hansen because ref is a child fucker. <laughs> you're a menace dude that's so <laughs> my mom literally did like, anyone like did they get it uh my mom like had serious cringe yeah yeah she that's like understandable. Had her and my stepdad well. just like started moving down the bench and they're like we don't know you <laughs> and i'm like you guys were yelling at the ref the entire game saying he wasn't like calling things and he was making bad calls oh, really? and now here i go just saying the same thing everybody else is thinking I don't know if everybody else was thinking that. He screwed over this maybe child. Maybe not in those words. Yeah, maybe not in those. Yeah, maybe not in those words. He screwed a child. No, no, he did not screw over a child. He shafted a child. Absolutely. <laughs> just absolutely. That's way better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely just shafted this child. Freaking undressed him with his eyes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> oh, my. Well, 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 well. He was well, well. stupid. He was... He, absolutely i hate this ref like just looking at him i was like where the fuck did you come from oh my goodness where (laughs) there's so many analogies i I don't know refs refs in any like little league or any sport in call or uh like in the high school level junior high like elementary school level are always just kind of weirdos yeah he's just like this i don't go ahead sorry i don't know how anyone how they get anyone to do that position yeah because like You've got these freaking parents that are crazy, that are pissed at you over something that doesn't really matter. You're probably getting paid like minimum wage or something, like just trying to make some extra cash so you can go on vacation sometime this year or something like that. And you've got to deal with like, you know, 
little Hulk and his dad. And you're, oh my gosh, it just sounds so (laughs) awful. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I (laughs) I thought it was hilarious. In all honesty, I was having the most fun I've had in a long time. (laughs) That's so funny. It was, were you, I just like, had you been drinking at all? I haven't been drinking. (laughs) He was just shit. Oh, you haven't been? Uh (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was expecting. (laughs) I probably would have just like laughed and not said anything if I was like shit faced. That's what I usually like do when I get drunk. I just like laugh a lot Mm -hmm. and I just have like a good time. (laughs) But like, no, nah, I was really enjoying like heckling this ref. <laughs> a menace. Like literally just being a menace. Sure, he fun. loved it. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's like, this is why I get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, to get to get heckled by some kids. To make a difference in little kids' lives <laughs> so that people can heckle me from the stands. Exactly. KYS, bro. Uh, no, Keep no, no, yourself no, no, safe. No, no, no. Oh my God. Keep, oh, okay. yourself, Keep yourself safe. safe. Yes. Yes, that's oh, good yeah. advice. That's what he meant. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Um, well... To our topic of the evening. First up, we've got part three. Is this part I, three? I think it's part four. No, no, of the Manhattan Project. Oh, yeah. Well, we oh, are. Part, yeah, we're part four of our World War II series, but part two, I believe. Yeah. Of Manhattan Project. Um, yeah, this week we're going to discuss a little bit more in depth. Well, not in depth, just to give you guys an over arcing story of the Manhattan Project and J. Robert Oppenheimer's life. Um, interesting guy, that fella. He's kind of a weirdo, kind of like a super genius and uh, kind of a dog. Like I said, last episode, he's, uh, he got that, he got that uh, scientist freaking game, bro. Dang. I don't know what it is, but dude, he, he had many, many, um, sexual encounters throughout his life. <laughs> and the funny thing is that like you look at the dude, if you guys look, have you guys looked at pictures of him at all? Yeah. Yeah. He's not like, a, yeah. I don't know. I don't think he's like an ugly dude. I just think he's like a normal looking dude. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people like they would say he was kind of a weird, super arrogant, you know, he's a genius, right? Yeah. Like a, a lot of people would say that he, uh, he would cut you off if you were saying something he would just cut you off because he knew exactly what you're going to say already. And then he was just kind of like tired of listening to you. And so he'd cut you off and then like essentially answer what you were going to uh, ask him yeah. and then move on. And so super like aggressive with his tactics and stuff, not a very personable guy. And so this guy wouldn't think gives that, me an itch on the roof of my mouth. Only a gun no, barrel no, can no, reach. No, 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 no. Only an atomic <laughs> oh bomb gosh. can reach. Fair enough. He created the atomic bomb. A hydrogen bomb. Hydrogen bomb. Hydrogen is interesting too. Yeah. Did you know they're working on a lot of like hydrogen vehicles um, to, to be essentially powered rather than like a, an electric vehicle and stuff? I heard about that. I it's think it's so really interesting. very interesting. I heard, um, and whether it's true or not, I have no idea, but it's, uh, I was listening to a podcast and, uh, Billy Carson was on it. He's kind of like a conspiracy theorist type guy, but he's really smart, has a ton of degrees. So I'm sure everything he says is a hundred percent true, but anyways, he, um, come on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to come to the defense of Wikipedia actually. Dude, I don't think anybody needs to come to the defense. I think Wikipedia has a lot of really good information. Wikipedia literally has to cite their sources. And there, have you ever tried to like create a page or like edit something on a page? No, never. They are so freaking picky. Like your account can go under review for making like a minor mistake. Really? Yeah. Like it's all that funder. It's all that donation money. 
<laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like yeah. Wikipedia is super picky. And so <laughs> the fact that like teachers are like, Wikipedia is not like a valuable resource. Like it's not something that you can really trust. And it's like, they have no clue, especially if there's sources, like you always tell me to cite my sources on my papers and yeah. give so-and-so credit. Like they have freaking sources there that if you click on it, like it will take you to the actual website where they get like this information from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, well, agree I feel you. like most teachers don't say that you can't use Wikipedia. They just say you have to cite the Wikipedia source that Wikipedia got the source from. Like right. you can use Wikipedia. You just have to actually check the source that Wikipedia provides. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but sorry, what were you saying but, um, about the hydrogen? Oh, so, so Billy Carson was saying that there's a guy like a long time ago, I want to say like 60 years ago or so that figured out how to, um, make a car run off of hydrogen. So you could literally, you could pee in it, you could put soda in it, whatever. And it'd go from, huh? And he disappeared. Um, yeah, he got poisoned actually. He got poisoned. Um, but what they were, what he was saying about it is like, he's saying what he did wrong is he tried to patent it and -hmm. just keep all the money for himself and keep the knowledge just in his patent. Mm -hmm. And so when he applied for the patent, then the government killed him is what they said. Yeah. But they said, like, you got to go the Elon Musk route where you just you make everything public so that even if you get killed, um, they can't stop. Everyone knows about like if people. Yeah, because if people killed Elon Musk, well, now there's already tons of other electric cars or whatever, you know. Yeah. So you can't really kill the technology. Yeah. The technology is out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, dude, there's that's a big conspiracy, actually, that there's people that have figured out how to, like, harness different sources of power and make them viable for like humans and uh the government just kills them because then there goes like a lot of what uh the government fights for essentially like what our armies are doing is going for the oil you know government runs on oil exactly so if that main source of of uh uh like energy is just gone it's no longer needed then the hell is the government going to be doing after that, you know? And the government will actively like suppress technology if it's a threat to like jobs. Yeah. Like if it's a threat yeah. to jobs, well, they will literally like hide it. Uh-huh. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. Except for AI. Well, maybe it's because AI is so big now they can't suppress it, yeah. but like AI is going to take a lot of jobs. Oh yeah. And they haven't suppressed it, but so that's interesting, but um, prob- it's probably been around for way longer than we've, even imagined mm-hmm. and it's just now coming out so now they can't suppress it anymore yeah. oh yeah i'm sure that's the case <laughs> i have a question for you guys actually yeah. like do you guys use chat gpt i do yeah i think i think chat gpt is like useful in in my in- cases like yeah. i use it often for uh professional emails a lot yeah like at work um yeah. i like to use it for that and anything <laughs> any emails really or anything that i need to be very um articulated with yeah i tend to use it often there and then for like very unusual questions like like oh what's the diameter of this very particular thing yeah because i know because the thing is with chat gbt you got to keep in mind chat gbt is essentially surfing the web and then regurgitating whatever info is able to find yeah based off of your keywords into a more fleshed out, easier to understand version rather than you taking the time three hours to Google something. Yeah. Right. You sit there, Google, what's the diameter of the pen tip on the pilot's 
10G or whatever. Yeah. Right. Instead of Googling that and trying to figure out what exact the dimensions are, then you just type in what's this to ChatGPT finds the answer and regurgitates it to you much faster than a human could. Right. So that's why I like tend to be very careful how I use ChatGPT because yeah. a lot of information can be pretty skewed from it. Yeah. You know? I mean, so one thing that the only reason I ask is because like whenever I, and this is kind of weird, the more I think about it, because like chat GPT is literally just like a computer. It doesn't have yeah. like feelings, uh-huh. but every time I make a request, I always say, please <laughs> do I do the same thing. Cause what if it does come alive? I don't want to get terminated. That was like my number one question that I wanted to ask you guys is like, whenever you make a request on chat GPT, do you use the word please? Yeah, dude, I do. I'm always I like, say thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like such an idiot saying that. But. I do say thank you, but I never say please. See, I've never said thank you, but like, I do say please with like my requests. I'm like, hmm. can you please do this? <laughs> yeah. And huh. I just think it's so weird. It's like, it's AI. Like you could literally just give it like a really basic request mm-hmm. and it's still going to do it. Like my please isn't going to make a difference in yeah. chat GPT, but like, I just feel obligated to do it. It's so yeah, weird. I don't know. I hear you though. I definitely hear you. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. Back to Robert Oppenheimer. Yes. So yeah, they, uh, uh, what was I saying? Yes. He was very kind of like an un- unlikable person, but he got around town quite often this guy yeah um but yeah let's move on let's let's go to his early life this dude he uh he was said to be very weird when he was a child um he was also said to be born as like a genius essentially and uh i wanted to bring this up to you guys because i wanted to have kind of like an open discussion regarding it um but in my view his like intelligence almost made him almost like made him an alien per se uh, to a lot of the students and secluded him like self seclusion because of his intelligence. Yeah. Um, Do you guys feel like that's the case in this scenario? Do you think like when you were younger or if you ever saw like, uh, I don't know, a student that was uh, very clearly more intelligent, you know, would they be secluded in, in, in in, like daily life or anything like that? I would say like they can be oh, yeah. like very logically um, mm-hmm. like genius, but when it comes to like social intellect, that's yeah. where they're lacking. Like if they could be smart, but also have social intellect, mm-hmm. um, then they wouldn't have to worry about like being left out or anything like that. Right, definitely. And so he is very stupid socially um, in that case because um, he wasn't able to pick up on social cues and like read the room. And so he kind of just was ostracized because of his, that's the word I was looking for ostracized. Yeah. He was just socially stunted. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of like the main thing, I guess, you know, it's, uh, (laughs) I hate to give this example, but, um, do you remember in elementary school, there was this, uh, there was this one kid Uh who he was very like, socially awkward and it was because he was autistic mm-hmm. um and he just didn't mm-hmm. know necessarily like he couldn't read those social cues but he was really smart yeah i think i actually do remember who you're talking about yeah um and i would agree with you because i think there's obviously signs that he was an intelligent person yeah but again it's just so difficult when when you are kind of posed with this issue of like 
very clearly being more intelligent than the people around you, but then yeah, you can't really connect or 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 do anything kind of like on the level that they're at, you know? Yeah. Not that it's a higher, low level, lower level. It's just a different plane, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Parker? I, I think part of it is like the stuff that matters to people that are more intellectually smart um, or more, you know, naturally intelligent is just different than the stuff that matters to the average people. Like in elementary school, you're like, oh, the new Pokemon game or yeah. whatever, you know? But then like the smart kids are like, why would you waste time in a game when you could be learning something or, or something? I mean, not to say smart kids don't play games. I'm sure they do. But um, it's just like an example of like, I even feel the same way with like ser- some people like, cause I think social media is kind of stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like when my wife is like, we need to take a picture for Instagram or something. And I'm like, well, what if we just enjoyed the moment and just kept it between us? And that's all we did. That would be great. Wouldn't it? And they're like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it's not posted on Instagram, it might as well have not happened. You know, Dude, <laughs> you're like what? <laughs> you don't agree with that sentiment? I 100% agree. It didn't happen. Okay. No picture, no proof. Yeah. If you guys didn't post pictures of your yeah. son, he wouldn't exist. Damn. That's harsh. <laughs> but um, I don't think it's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I will say for sure, like, I do like to browse social media, except for I can't browse like certain social media for a long time because it just makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Um, But one thing that I do go on, and this doesn't make me sad, it just is like interesting, is have you ever gone on the ex-Mormon Reddit? No. Oh, yeah, I live there. It's it's really interesting because they bring up a lot of like fair points and you kind of get more information about what's going on in the LDS church today versus like what you could find in the news in general. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Reddit is uh, the only... I wouldn't say it's social media because I never post, but I'm a consistent lurker just because there's so many different things you can like look into and get um, good information from people that are like wondering the same things or it's like a community inside of a whole bunch of other communities. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's so I'd say that's the only thing I really use that much. Can you imagine if there was like social media back when uh, they were building the atom bomb? That would have been crazy, dude. <laughs> Imagine freaking Oppenheimer's just posting a picture with a bomb behind him. Just like, yeah, it was just Posting to his story. Hashtag, we're coming for you. <laughs> you guys hashtag just wait. Hiroshima. Hashtag no. Nagasaki. No, no, he wouldn't hashtag any of that. He would, he would probably just leave it very vague as we're coming for you. <laughs> you know, because then everybody, but then, and then, uh, the, never mind. Never mind. We're coming um, for you, but you can't see us. But you can't see us. Um, yeah, that'd be nuts, dude. But hey, so. He, uh, a Oppenheimer. Yes. Super weird. When he was a little kid, um, they called him a mama's mama's boy because his mom was very, uh, very conservative in like letting her son kind of go out and do stuff. She wanted to keep him inside because she was like, I want to preserve his intellect. Oh, so Um, she was a Brad Lester. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she, she was very aggressive in that manner. And so it kind of also secluded him from social events because of his mom as well. Um, and then, yeah, like, but what really got Oppenheimer into the science of things and chemistry and whatnot was actually his grandfather, um, from Germany actually. So he's got a little bit of German in him, um, and Jewish as well. So that's an interesting, uh, thing. That's part, part in why he was very, 
for helping develop the atom bomb. Um, Dang. Name two things that don't mix, Germans and Jews. No, I'm sure they do now. I don't know. I'm sure that's a lot more uh, accepting now. Um, but yeah, so his his grandfather, he actually showed him rocks, like like just stones and stuff. And he was very fascinated by it for some reason. Yeah. Oppenheimer was, and he wanted to get uh, to understand them a little bit more. So every year or every summer, he'd go out and visit his grandpa and pick up different rocks and his grandpa would get him new rocks and stuff. Yeah. And uh, he called them his like mineral mineral pebbles or something like that. Something weird. I can't remember the exact name of them, but it's like um, trying to create a term of endearment for like some stupid thing. Like <laughs> a Snickers bar becomes my, my little brown stick, your little brown stick, <laughs> my little sugar stick. <laughs> like, I don't know. That just sounds absolutely like stupid. My, like my pet minerals or something. Your like, pet minerals. <laughs> that's just stupid. It's like a pet rock, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to him it was. It was something so special to him, you know? I'm yeah. Sure you, like, I've had things like that where I don't give them weird names like that, but I definitely have a special, like, I guess like a, a weird connection to it, if you will. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but... Yeah, so eventually, obviously, he grows up. Uh, he gets a little bit older, a little bit wiser, and he starts going to school. Uh, he graduated from Harvard, summa cum laude. Oh, I, really? I don't understand what the hell that is. Um, Parker, any insight on that? Because I have no clue what summa cum laude is. Is that like his fraternity or something? Is it? I I I thought, and again, I don't know, but I thought summa summa cum laude was like a a like you did. X amount of things with really good grades or something. Yeah. But I'm I think not that's sure what it is. It's like a distinguished. Yeah. Well, cause it says he was, um, he was admitted to the undergraduate honor society Phi beta Kappa. So ah. huh. I would, I'm, I'm not sure how that stuff works to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's a smart dude and he sounds like he graduated with, you know, um, a lot of titles under his belt. Yeah. yeah so said he majored in chemistry <laughs> and literature, philosophy. <laughs> he got his PhD in theoretical physics in Germany Dang. from a uh, yeah. university of Göttingen, Göttingen, 1927. Yeah. So 1927, this is only 15 years or so before the war, uh, the war was supposed to end. Dang. So it was only a handful or it was probably about 10 years after he had graduated that he uh, was called upon to, create the first atom bomb um but sorry what were you gonna say i cut you off i was just gonna say you know i've seen a lot of uh quote-unquote documentaries about college frat and stuff that they do and it it's very interesting <laughs> oh my I mean, goodness <laughs> blue mountain state baby <laughs> it's uh it's it's really interesting you know they're i i mean you have to be into fraternities and initiation um, processes. Those things are so weird, actually. They're so weird. I don't, I, I don't get it. I know I would never join one because I'd be like, you guys are stupid. I'm yeah, going to do agree. this by myself. I want to join a fraternity just because of like the documentaries, the quote unquote documentaries that I've seen. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I'm like, sure they're super realistic. I'm guessing you probably have to use a uh, VPN to watch these quote documentaries <laughs> yeah you have to use a vpn because these type of documentaries are banned <laughs> in the state of utah he's a mook. 
they're uh they're banned in the state of Utah. And like if you try and like watch it without a VPN, uh this uh lady will show up and say something <laughs> about your representatives in Utah have required like age verification to watch these. Do they um, really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Is that for like any site that you try to get on? Yeah. Really? Huh. That's interesting. I, mean, I didn't know that they I didn't did know that. that. I mean, yeah. Um but something that's interesting. So um, Utah made that law to mm-hmm. where you can't watch these uh, very interesting documentaries um, as like that's very interesting a, as like a, a way to try and stop these documentaries from uh, being viewed by the citizens here. But literally all it takes is a VPN and you connect to a different states like thing and that goes away. And, you know, it's interesting. And this is fucking stupid is right now they're trying to pass a bill to limit um, social media use for, like, younger kids. Really? Yeah. And so they're going to require age verification for this stuff. And I'm just sitting there like, holy, you crap. guys are stupid as fuck because I can watch my documentaries um, and learn so <laughs> oh much by just connecting <laughs> to a different just- state. I mean, there's just so much knowledge out there, huh, Brady? I know. I just, you know, it's compelling. Oh, <laughs> it's, there it's, it's, there's a lot of compelling information. Wait, so are these documentaries uh, to do with, um, oh, who was that? That one guy that like shot a puppy or something like that? What's oh, that? you're talking about Dick Cheney? Oh, Dick Cheney. It doesn't have Dick Cheney, but there's a lot of Richards uh, in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Trickle. Uh, nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically it, it's stupid because they're trying to limit social media, but the bill's doing nothing because all I have to do is be like, Oh, look, I'm like 16, but I don't want to have to do age verification in Utah to use Snapchat. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to connect to Florida or freaking (laughs) Wyoming (laughs) and then I don't have to do it. I think they should, I think they should just realize they're on a losing battle here and then they should, um, like they should Really, the person they need to go after more is like Meta or, you know, TikTok or Snapchat or whatever. The state is like, actually that's how you regulate it. Meta. The state. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. And Meta is countersuing the state because of these laws that they're trying to pass. And something else that's like, I guess that goes along with this is um, it just kind of like the Mormon church has so much influence and this is a big like agenda item for them because a they're losing a lot of young people because of this access to social media. And they're seeing a lot of, um, anti-Mormon stuff or, you know, the, the true history of the church versus this idealized, um, history. I mean, you listen to general conference and a lot of the general authorities are so against, um, social media where they tell you, you know, you need to like, delete social media or you need to really step back from social media um, and you need to think celestial. Um, and so it's really interesting because the Mormon church has so much influence in the state that they're pushing their own agenda on here, even though it's not going to work because anybody with half a brain cell can use a VPN. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. And uh, what's, um, what's funny about the whole thing and probably going to regret saying this, but, um, you know, if pornography would have been around back in, you know, 1820, um, I'm sure certain people that started the 
religion would have been huge consumers <laughs> of it, whether it was uh, legal aged people or not, <laughs> just based off of history and and the interactions that said person had. Yeah. <laughs> so good old Brigham Young and Brigham often. Him and others as well. Can't be talking about Joe Smith. <laughs> I'm trying to be right on the line here and not be too offensive There's in no case way. my family ever finds this podcast. <laughs> what? You mean to tell me he might have had a 14-year-old wife? What? He no. did for sure. Ugh. Ugh. That's just anti-Mormon rhetoric. Ugh. So... Back to Oppenheimer. <laughs> um, Oppenheimer, he, so after he graduated, he came back to the States and then uh, began working as a professor. During this time was when he was approached in 1942 to uh, come run the Manhattan Project by General Groves. General Groves is a very interesting character. Like I said last week, he kind of reminds me of the barbecue sauce pig um, that I have. I should, I should have sent you guys a picture of that cause, and then compared it to him. He's just a goofy <laughs> looking guy. But he was also, Groves was also considered to be super like, kind of like a dick, to be honest. He was just like super mean, super aggressive. And a lot of people did not appreciate him, but he was one of the best people at his job that like ever existed. Um, he was very analytical, very good at like starting a project and carrying that project through fully and like efficiently. And so one of the main things that they wanted Groves to do was obviously get to this bomb project and get it done as fast as possible. And uh, Groves actually chose Robert Oppenheimer because of, his, because of his background in theoretical physics. A lot of people actually said, don't pick theoretical physics physicists like you've got to do some chemist or an actual physicist yeah that deals with like real world real world instead of just theory and uh groves just somehow knew he just knew that oppenheimer was going to do it and uh interestingly an angel visit him from god <laughs> um, uh interestingly he uh he and Oppenheimer were like the only people that got, uh, got along together. Not a lot of people got along very well with Oppenheimer. Not a lot of people got along very well with, um, uh, gross, which is weird. Um, but yeah. So, Oh, sorry. I got a story about that. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Well, actually, <laughs> so sorry, as, I, well, as far as I kind of jump huh? forward, let me just say this really quick. Um, cause it has to pertain okay. later down his line, but once I'm done, Parker, you go ahead and tell us that story. So, um, prior to, joining the operation to do the Manhattan Project, uh, Oppenheimer actually started to attend some communist parties <laughs> and communist, uh, 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 like get togethers pretty much. And you want to know why? Why? He wanted to get that poon, bro. Dang. He was down with the sickness. So, <laughs> so instead of it being my poon, it's become our poon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, comrade. That's socialism, isn't ah, it? Comrade, <laughs> instead of my poon, it is our poon. <laughs> uh, it sounds like I'm saying harpoon. Um, but yeah, Jean Tatlock, that was his first, uh, first like girlfriend, but she was very deeply rooted in many communists, um, like the U.S. Party of Communism. And so when he got into this project, he kind of had to like 
stay back away from a lot of that stuff because it, I mean, obviously it could get him in trouble then and it got him in trouble later down the line as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one important thing that we, that I wanted to mention just before we move on. Have you ever like thought about it though? Like back in the day, like calling somebody a communist is like one of the worst things you can say. Yeah. It was like offensive. Yeah. Yeah. What is the worst thing you think you could call somebody nowadays? I don't know. I think that's a hard, that's such a difficult question because there's so many things that offend everybody, Yeah, you know, that I think it'd be difficult to narrow down to one single thing. Yeah. Um, Cause like somebody, if someone called me lazy, that would probably offend me more than anything else. Oh really? Yeah. See, it's, it's just so different for everybody. You know, like you could call me a freaking frijolero for instance, yeah. which is beaner and just Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> and I honestly couldn't care less, but if you, I don't know, called me like, I don't know, something else. Like it just depends. I think that's a hard question to, to kind of decipher, if you will. Um, Probably shouldn't touch that one too. Cause if we did find like the most <laughs> offensive thing to call somebody. Yeah. We'd get canceled quick. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I cut Parker off. Yeah. What, sorry, Park. What were you going to say about the story that you had? Oh, so um, I was just, cause you were talking about how Oppenheimer was hard to get along with mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so I had this story um, that I found on Wikipedia, which, you know, fact check me if you want, but I'm not going to cite my source. It's Wikipedia. Yeah. And, um, but anyways, many of his friends or colleagues described, described him as self-destructive and um, he'd get in these like bad um, bouts of depression. Mm-hmm. And so like one of his colleagues, um, Ferguson is all they name him as. I don't know if he's a scientist as well. Mm-hmm. Or what, but um, he once tried to distract Oppenheimer um, from his depression by telling him about his girl, about his girlfriend, not Oppenheimer's girlfriend, but Ferguson's girlfriend. Yeah. So he's like, hey, bro, um, I just proposed to my girlfriend. Like, isn't that great? You know, trying to distract him kind of. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I guess Oppenheimer did not take the news well. And he jumped on Ferguson and tried to strangle him. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh and he, I guess he once also, he told his brother, I need physics more than friends. Damn. Oh, so, yeah, and, I mean, that's kind of the guy you're, we're dealing with here that's in charge of the atomic bomb. He's also got atomic rage. So, yeah, yeah he, he truly does, dude. Like, and that's, I mean, I don't know. Again, I think somebody that's so disconnected from being in like a social aspect of things. Yeah. Definitely could not really know how to handle themselves in a scenario like that. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I actually did not come across that story. That's very interesting. That is um, interesting. I mean, can you imagine like, so Gabe, you helped me propose to my wife. Yeah. Can you imagine? I'm like, Hey, I'm going to propose to I Dorothy. Try to kill you. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, how about I just kill you instead? And I'm like, well, I mean, that's not what I expected, but do what you want, I guess. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. That'd be nuts, dude. Yo, I just had like an intrusive thought just barely. Okay. Let's okay. So, you know, well, how- as long as it's not too aggressive. No, no, no. This is like a real life story. Okay. Um, do you know, like I was sitting there and you know how you guys talked about how Oppenheimer's like, he likes to fuck mm-hmm. and he goes around the block. Yeah. Um, he's got the master key to yep. all the locks. Uh-huh. Um, you know who would have been his like worst nightmare? Don't, don't say any names. <laughs> Let's, I'm allowed it. to. I'm allowed to. Lorena Bobbitt. Do you know who she is? I have no idea who that is actually. Parker, do you know Lorena Bobbitt? Uh-uh. Well, this woman, I, I can't remember if she caught her husband cheating mm-hmm. or something, but what she did is she cut his dick off because Daniel. I think it was because he was cheating. 
And then she drove away and she threw his dick in some random oh. field. <laughs> I think she was in Utah. Wait, I think I do remember, like, yeah, it's a Utah lady. Yeah, I think, yeah, her name's Lorena Bobbitt. But, like, she would have totally, like, ruined Oppenheimer's, like, day. Yeah, I'm sure. I think she would have ruined many, many people's day by just doing that. I would have ruined my day for yeah, sure. For sure. Like my probably my existence. My, ex- <laughs> my whole existence would have been ruined. Dunzoed. She did end up going yeah. back to go find the penis. Oh, very interesting. <laughs> and then she brought it back to um, John, and it was surgically reattached. Um, she. Wow. You I know, if you regained. Uh, you thought you were gonna it. say that she just. What was that? Sorry, I thought you were gonna say she just put it in a book and like <laughs> flattened it out. You know how like moms do with like flowers and junk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was crazy. threw the penis in the book, be let it become like a petrified penis. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, yes, that is interesting. Thank you for that story. Uh, quick Google search. Also, his name was Francis Ferguson. He did work with him quite often, actually. Very interesting. Um, so, yeah, once uh, Oppenheimer became or started to work with Groves on this project, it was like full throttle, dude. Like within a span of three months, they were able to create essentially three cities. And obviously the main city being Los Alamos based in New Mexico. In that city, they were able to build churches. They had restaurants. They had uh, uh, housing, individual housing for all the like the the uh, uh, single guys because they didn't. Yeah. They wanted to mitigate as much as possible, like like not sex, but they wanted to make sure that people weren't getting like pregnant because yeah. obviously it's supposed to be like a very locked down um, project, but it was kind of inevitable. You know, there's some people that were actually born there yeah. and uh, it said that their, their like birth certificates show the, the Los Alamos like city address. Dang. It's crazy, dude. So I'm, I'm taking it that Oppenheimer's method of pushing her down the stairs didn't work very well. Well, there's, I don't think there were any two story buildings. So I don't know if he had the opportunity to do that. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, or the option to not the opportunity. I should he didn't say. punch hard enough. <laughs> um, no. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah. So they had churches, they had restaurants, even, yeah, they even had restaurants, dude, for these guys to like go out and eat and stuff. And dang, it's crazy, crazy. So during this time though, when he, they were building, um, Los Alamos and doing all these railroads and getting things ready, um, Oppenheimer was traveling across the States to try and find, uh, scientists to, to convince him to come over. And all these guys, unfortunately, like you couldn't really tell them what was happening because They're trying to keep these details on like the DL, you know? Yeah. And so he's telling them like, well, the only thing I can tell you is that we're going to change the world, you know, like it's going to be insane. And so a handful of these guys finally start to go with Oppenheimer and uh, uh, he actually convinces a lot of his students to be like contracted almost as like a resource to them. Yeah. And so, and part, this in part and why it was like, the biggest reason why a lot of the information from Los Alamos was leaked was because of these college students, because they all were like freaking uh, spies. Crazy Dang. dude. So anyway, um, yeah. So he eventually gets all these, these uh, scientists to come over to Los Alamos and they start building the bomb and they 
spent years doing it again. I think it's it's uh, important to reiterate this this thing uh, that or to echo what Brennan had said last week. But the U.S. during this entire time, we they were convinced that we were like years behind, years behind what Hitler had been doing, what um, Heisenberg had been doing. They thought we were years behind. And so we're essentially trying to, like, we're battling in our eyes, uh, we're battling a war that we've already lost. Yeah. But in all reality, we're battling a war that's not even there because the Germans were so far behind. They weren't even close to what we were doing. And so Groves, Oppenheimer, all these scientists are put onto this insanely tight, like, uh, timeline to try to get this done. And they're not even like they're fighting against no one, no one. There was, there was said that the, uh, um, Soviet union, they were able to get some information from Los Alamos, like a spy. Yeah. And, uh, it put them two years ahead of where they were because of the information they got from, uh, the Manhattan project. Dang. Is that nuts, dude? That's insane. Can you imagine being so far behind and then getting some information from somebody and it puts you two years ahead of where you were at? Dang. That's insane. And that just shows, that just goes to show how aggressive they were being with this whole project to get it there, to get it to the point where it needed to be, to be a, a solution for them in the war. Yeah. You know, and obviously in, in both, even if they would have gotten it um, like any sooner, it still would have been kind of like a, not a failed attempt, but it would have been for nothing essentially because not for nothing. Sorry, let me reiterate. It just still came too late because Hitler had killed himself at that point right yeah. when they finally finished the bomb when they finally felt ready to allegedly yeah <laughs> that's funny because i don't oh allegedly hitler killed himself yeah okay um because there's sure some, the clintons weren't involved <laughs> i don't know we can talk about that next episode though um but there are some people interestingly that do believe that the atomic bomb was all like a ruse oh really yeah did you know that uh, we did not bomb japan yeah Crazy. crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to, that is crazy. Did you hear about that Parker at all? The what you say? I said that, that there's some people that, um, think that the atomic bomb was actually faked, that it was a ruse. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. That's, that's insane. I mean, that's almost as insane as saying the Holocaust was fake. Yeah, dude. That's also another thing that a lot yeah. of people like that just see blows my mind that you can like, can I feel like imagine? there's, there's, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you. <laughs> I just say there's no way that it was fake. Like when you look at, um, the money trail, like there's lots of people that made significant amounts of money off of, um, you know, world war two mm -hmm. or like funding the wars. Or even if you look at all the research that we put into it, all the money we spent, like anything else would not have taken that much money unless right. it was legit. Like that's my number one reason other than the no, like common sense, it would but be ludicrous you know, it's like to do that and just for it to be a fake. Yeah. It was like the moon landing. <laughs> Crazy bro. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, think we went to the moon. No, nah, dude, dude the earth is flat. You it's know how true. hard it would be to like get a rocket off of this beautiful flat earth that we have and to reach the moon. And you know what? The moon isn't even real. It's an illusion. Like, it is an illusion. Because, <laughs> the moon's an illusion. Yeah. I mean, think about it. We're surrounded. Like, have you seen the UN, like, symbol? Yeah. 
you know how it kind of has like all the countries in the middle and then surrounded by like a circle. Mm -hmm. They're, they're telling us the truth with that map. We're surrounded by an ice wall. And so like (laughs) what makes the, the flat earth, like actually show the moon is it's literally just a reflection in the space of like our ice wall. That's exciting. Oh yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that theory. I mean, just watch YouTube, bro. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Why do you think airplanes take such a weird like flight path? Why do you think they curve? Like if you look on like a map of a flight, like flying, it doesn't even look like they're taking a direct route. They seem to like curve. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get what you're saying. Freaking crazy. Um, (laughs) So, uh, dang it, Brandon, you made me lose my thought. Um, I, I'm joking so, around just in case somebody yeah. thinks I'm dead serious. <laughs> well, somebody's going to email us and be like, you guys are dumbasses." <laughs> um, so yes, Oppenheimer gets all these scientists to join him here er, er, uh, to join him at Los Alamos. And they all start to work on this, uh, this creation of the atom bomb. And we kind of discussed this a little bit. We actually kind of did a, a little bit more of a, not a deep dive, but more discussion regarding the creation of the actual atom bomb and how it worked and stuff. So I won't dive too deep into that aspect of it. Um, But yes, the first test was held in 1945 on July 16th and they codenamed it Trinity. Um, And that was really when they, or when they found out that, yeah, this is totally feasible. We can do this and it could prove to be a good tool Um, during this time though, was when a lot of these physicists, a lot of these scientists started to kind of like start to feel remorse for everything they started to do. Yeah. Um, obviously this was a huge feat in science and human like knowledge of everything and kind of how physics works and, and more of on a, on a very like micro scale, um, because of how they decided to do like the neutron and splitting of atoms and stuff. Um, but a lot of these guys started to feel like, damn, like I, I went into this project thinking this could end war because it's such an insane like weapon Yeah, that it's almost like so destructive that it could end war forever Yeah, because no one would want to mess with a country that has this. But then they started to realize like this could actually propel war even further than anything that's ever been created. And so a lot of these guys started kind of getting like uh, um, very depressed, you know, and yeah. Oppenheimer also like there's that very famous quote that he says from the, um, from that, the book. Oh shoot. I don't remember the name. I apologize. Um, but he says the, uh, uh, the quote is very famous from, Oh, here it is. The book name is, and I might butcher this, but Bag Avda Gita. And he says, now I am become death, destroyer or destroyer of worlds. And that was after they dropped the bomb. Um, obviously, it's pretty easy to understand what he's trying to convey there. Yeah. Is that he's, I mean, you're, you, dude, there's such. <laughs> That's such a badass saying, though. Yeah. I bet you, like, after saying it, this guy, like, totally took a dab. Like, he just dabbed right in front of everybody. <laughs> Can you imagine? He's, a dabbing hasn't even been invented yet, and he just <laughs> rips out a dab. That'd be so wild. Um, but, yeah, no, I do agree. I think it's a very interesting way to uh, phrase something like that. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, dude, again, like, 
even Oppenheimer kind of realized how destructive this bomb was. It was enough to change the face of the planet. Yeah. Not in like figuratively, literally changed the face of the world. And people think it was fake. It's so crazy to me. It's so crazy. Um, but yeah, a lot of these guys started to realize like the, the potential issues that could arise from this. And so a lot of them started getting really sad and stuff. But the downside to that is like everybody around you is juiced. Yeah. You know, everybody's like, holy shit, we did it. You know, holy shit. It's been three, four years of constantly like trying to get at this project, trying to get at this project. And finally we've been able to do it. But then you start thinking to yourself like, holy shoot, I am going to kill a lot of people with my knowledge yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Like that is a heavy bomb to drop on yourself, you know, heavy, heavy thing to kind of come <laughs> to the realization of like, can you imagine dude that you like, I don't know, something that you've learned, something that you've kind of come across is then weaponized and then used to like kill. But I don't know, that'd be such a hard thing to realize. But again, it's just so difficult. It's so difficult because it's like I helped create that thing. Yeah. You know, that's insane. That's crazy. That's a crazy feat, you know, for yeah. you and for everybody around you. It's yeah. just such a like amazing thing to be able to accomplish. But then again, it's just a, it's a back and forth, you know, it's so difficult. Just pull like whatever. I feel like it's, oh, go ahead. I feel like it's similar to owning a firearm in a way. Like, okay, a firearm can pretty much, you know, only kill one person at a time, um, you know, per bullet or whatever. But it's like, like I always have a firearm on me and, uh, you know, sometimes there's people around and you're like, you're just like, you know, I could just end you right now. I'm not going to, but like the thought goes through your head. You're like, you're just like, you know, if like, like I've never even had to pull my gun. I've never even been close. Mm -hmm. I never would pull it over an argument or whatever. You know, I'm not saying that, but it's like, it's kind of like intrusive thoughts. It's no different than like, yeah, no, no, I get what you're saying. You're driving like wanting to, you know? Yeah. It's like you're you're driving. You're like, I could just hit that tree and and end my own life. So it's more like the intrusive thoughts. And it's like, like, I could literally hit that mom (laughs) in her minivan with her five kids and like stop overpopulation. Like Uh, five people. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just like, I feel like it's similar to that where like, like I have this knowledge that could potentially like just wipe a whole country off the planet is you know quite a bit heavier than like i could just kill this random guy at 7-eleven but still it's like similar like a similar eerie feeling where it's like you actually feel at least i feel uncomfortable with it and i'm like yeah just don't think about that that's weird you know yeah Yeah. no definitely i it's definitely it's very weird to think about that some again like you have the power to just take somebody's life like that it's crazy man obviously and like i hate to be that guy (laughs) <laughs> but I'm going to quote Uncle Ben right freaking now. Okay. With great power comes great responsibility. We all know it. We all have heard it. We all should live by it. Truly. It's true. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but like, we should also live our best life. Yeah, that's true. Ted Bundy was trying to live his best life. Uh, yeah. I don't think I don't we should live our best life <laughs> if it's infringing on the rights of others. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's pretty rough. I think I like tried to put myself in the mindset of somebody that would have been working in the Manhattan project. And I think it just would have been really tough 
for me, like just in my own personal thoughts, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know if I would have tried to stop it in some way or if I would have just been like, well, you know, this is the, this unfortunately is just the facts and this is what's going to happen. You know, I can't really yeah. do anything about it now. Um, but yeah, I think it, it would have been difficult to live through that and to realize that. Yeah. And I think that's the hard thing with a lot of those, unfortunately with a lot of their families too, is that they didn't realize that, you know? Yeah. And we can, we can look back on it now and I'm sure a lot of more, a lot more people realized it after the matter because we didn't know exactly what was going to happen. You yeah. Know, we didn't know when we dropped, it was going to kill so many people. And let alone now, dude, some, some parts of where uh, the bomb was dropped, like we're still, they're still dealing with radioactivity there. Yeah. You know? And so the repercussions, we can never see obviously foresight, you know, but, or hindsight, um, we can never really see what is actually going to happen. But I think later down the line, they all kind of started to get that, uh, like kind of, disgusting feeling you know just I mean, sad i feel, I feel like bad you could just them. justify it like the way people who manufacture cars like justify it they're like you know like i make a car and like x amount of people die every year i bet you at this point in time like ever since we've had cars up until now there's been more people who've died by car accidents than there have it's been like people who died in japan i'm not gonna like go on record saying that's true but, I um, I think it, I mean, how many people die each year in automobile accidents, mm -hmm. but like a shit ton. Um, but you know, the way you could just justify, you could be like, yeah, I made this like piece of technology, but I wasn't the one who used it that way. Like I wasn't the one who chose to like drop the bomb on Japan. I just, I discovered nuclear energy. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know what? It could have been used for good. You know, nuclear energy is one of the cleanest like power sources that we have to this day, but people are scared of it because of the atom bomb. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think, uh, I think that also is something important to note, like just to ride the coattail of what you just said, like you created it, but you weren't the person that decided to use it in that manner. Yeah. Um, the unfortunate situation here though, is that they created it to specifically use it for this very case, you know? And but they so, didn't drop it. So it's like clean conscience. <laughs> right. But if you didn't invent it, it would have never even been dropped. Yeah. But think about the potential that it brought. You discovered this new form of like science um, and opened up a new, yeah. like a new, something that people didn't even know was possible. And so you were just exploring that and, you know, yeah, the bomb was part of that, but you know, they didn't have to drop it. Like mm -hmm. they could have, we could have not dropped it. And just continued with the idea of nuclear energy mm -hmm. and just exploring this new field of science. Like if we didn't drop the bomb, I believe that would, that would be something that we would have still done. Mm -hmm. I think we would have still explored that science. And so like, and actually Oppenheimer did after the bomb, he did continue to explore like nuclear energy and stuff. So that wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't totally out of the picture when it was dropped. Like yeah. It was still definitely something that would, they had on their, uh, on their horizon. You yeah. Know? Um, but no, I, I mean, I do understand what you're saying. I do. I get it. I get it. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's like Newton's law. Actually, go ahead, Parker. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Um, but what I was going to say, so it's interesting. Um, I'm just on this website and it's like 10 facts about Oppenheimer. Um, but it's, it goes right along with 
what we're talking about. And it says, after struggling with the weight of the responsibility of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki atomic bombs, Oppenheimer went to the Oval Office to lobby President Truman for tighter regulations on atomic weapons. He told Truman that he had blood on his hands. Truman apparently responded that the blood is on my hands. Let me worry about that before mm-hmm. kicking him out of the office and telling him to never come back. Damn. So yeah, Truman so. was basically like, Hey, I made the decision. Like you were just, you know, you were just part of the process. And honestly, had Oppenheimer not been there, they would have found someone else to do it. So yeah, it, yeah it, I do agree. And you know, that's funny that you bring that up. Cause I actually was going to mention that is that Truman was very aggressive in the actual, like, after the conversation came or after that happened, he said that he felt like very annoyed with Oppenheimer because he was taking it so like personal that he was the one that did this. He was the one that, that, yeah. But Truman was like, I was the one that decided to drop the bomb there. You know, like I was the one that implemented that. Like, yeah, you made the bomb, but I was the one that said, drop it there. Yeah. And so they sound like two narcissists because they want to take like, the yeah. the entire blame for this whole thing and so like it just it reminds me of a like a saying how many narcissists does it take to change a light bulb uh, too many i don't know Infinite, i don't know one none because they use gaslighting <laughs> <laughs> nice i like that that's funny um but yeah that's a yeah, I don't know. I think this is this is going to be a really good conversation to hit on our next episode because yeah. we're going to on our on our next episode we're going to dive into Kind of like, was it a good call to do that? And uh, then we'll dive into a little bit of uh, Hitler's death yeah. through there. But are we going to do conspiracy theories too? That'll, I think that'll be our last part of the episode just because oh, okay. I think conspiracy theories are going to take up a little bit more of our time. Fair I'm very enough. excited for that and hopefully you guys are too. Um, but yeah, let me just finish off here. We're almost done with the Oppenheimer story. I think I, to reiterate, we are glazing over this quickly. Uh, the story of Oppenheimer and Manhattan Project, I mean, it was a four-year, or yeah, four-year ordeal, you know? So we're barely scraping, not even scraping. We're like about to touch the surface on the this topic, you know? Like, yeah. So I want to make sure that is clear to everybody. And if you want to do your own research or look into it a little bit more, there's so many research resources out there that you can look into, read, listen, whatever. Um, but yeah, so the eventual, obviously the eventual idea of what was going to happen with this Manhattan project was that they were going to drop a bomb and that's what they got to. So they had two bombs. One was called the little boy and that one was dropped on Hiroshima and the other one, fat man, Nagasaki. So there are two types, both these bombs had two types of different, uh, um, like implosion designs. So one was the gun type design and these, they're kind of hard to like understand, to be honest, I, I'm not hundred percent sure how exactly they worked. I just know that the gun type design essentially like it, if, I mean, it falls and then it starts to create a, a, uh, reaction inside and it's like surrounded by a bunch of uh, uranium. And that's how it kind of, it, it creates that chain reaction and explodes. Yeah. And then the other one was, um, oh shoot, I just lost it. Sorry guys. Parker, do you, do you remember at all what the, uh, the, the second one was? 
Um, I don't. I did more research on Oppenheimer specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily the bombs. Let me look if I see if I can find it. Oh, it's it's totally um, cool. I, and this would be the little boy. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, shoot. Sorry, guys. I should have highlighted it down, but I totally. Well, it says so. It says the little boy is the gun type uranium bomb. Oh, sorry. Um, I guess I. So the bomb was oh, dropped. The implosion was the, the implosion was the uh, uh, Nagasaki one. Yes, the implosion was. So the implosion was kind of the same, but it would. Um, I think that one would just explode more rapidly, just a lot quicker, rather than the gun type mm. with a le- uh, much more like kind of chain reaction, rather than just a, a explosion or self sustaining. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to dive into the details on that because I obviously. I don't really understand it and I don't want to <laughs> spread any uh, false understanding because yeah, I'm not, yeah, it's just difficult. All this stuff. I mean, it's very, it's very scientific and very high above my level of understanding. Um, but yeah, so eventually they drop the bomb. Obviously a lot of kind of fallout, even here in the U S starts to happen. Uh, Oppenheimer later is, um, brought to trial for, kind of his connection with the communist party. Yeah. And that's why I, I kind of, this is why I wanted to mention in the beginning that he had connections and he did attend a lot of these meetings. They held a trial to make sure that he wasn't part of the source on why Soviet union had so much information regarding the atomic bomb. Yeah. Cause keep in mind right after the atomic bomb, right after world war two, we entered into the cold war, right? We had the big red scare and then Russia was the next big bad, you know, it was yeah. right after Germany went to Russia and the U S at that point was like essentially trying to cut everything out of the U S regarding communism. And Oppenheimer was very well known to be associated with that stuff. And yeah. so they went after him first. A lot of people, again, didn't like him. A lot of people didn't appreciate who he was and kind of the style he did things. And keep in mind, he was kind of a, he was a shitty dude. Like, yeah. I hope I'm not shedding any light that would make it seem like he was a good guy because he was a shitty guy. He was. Like, he was not faithful to his wife. He was um, a dick to, like, most everybody. And he didn't, he, he just wasn't a good guy. And so, like, a lot of people, when it came to this, uh, um, trial did not really go by his side. Uh, and so it was a tough trial. Eventually he did come out kind of not guilty. Um, but it wasn't without any, (laughs) uh, hard trials. Yeah. Yeah. But so, um, before like we end, um, I did look up some stats and so the total number of people who died, um, by the bombings, is estimated by between 129,000 to 226,000. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the World Health Organization and the CDC um, estimate that each year 1.35 million people are killed on roadway, roadways around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's if that's the stats like just in one year, then mm-hmm. I, it would be easier to like, it, it's easy to argue that cars were more like are more responsible for for killing people than the atomic bomb was i mean i know the atomic bomb was just like in an instant that it killed people but i mean and it and it wasn't just an instant it was months years after that a lot of people died from 
radiation sickness. A lot of people died from like, I mean, just being in the general area. Yeah. You know? And so like, even though there was all of this like potential, um, like destruction, Mm -hmm. uh, there's risks with everything that's technology. Like there's not a technology that doesn't carry risk with it. Um, it just depends how we use it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that could be argued that automobiles, um, aren't necessarily used in the right way. Not everybody should, should have one, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've killed definitely just by like regular standards. Mm-hmm. They've killed more than the atomic bomb just in a year. Just, There's uh, risk with all. Uh, in just a year? I don't. Yeah, no, that's what I was saying. Um, it is estimated that every year, um, yeah, each year, one point each year, one point three five million people are killed on roadways around the world, mm-hmm. and that's just one year. One point three five million people, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that was something I just wanted to mention because, like, I know I brought it up earlier, um, and I just wanted to make sure that I got the facts right on that one. Mm-hmm. And so, if that's just one year, think about like how much, how many people have died just in the existence of cars. Of a, yeah, a vehicle. It's pretty crazy yeah. to think about. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's uh that's definitely like a good question to bring up because I was I was unaware of how many people died in uh in just from vehicles every year. That's crazy. I think flu still kills quite a few people too. Oh yeah. I think it's upwards of that number too. But yeah, I don't know. Parker, was there anything that you else that you wanted to maybe make sure that was said regarding Oppenheimer? Again, I glazed over a lot of the details, but we don't want to bore you with all the details because I think you're probably here more to listen about our kind of open conversation yeah um the only thing i thought was did you ever look up um the chick that he cheated on his wife with yeah that was his first girlfriend that was a uh, gene tatlock yeah they uh he cheated on his so well so i guess uh, the one i found and there's probably many but the one i found it says he had an affair with ruth sherman tolman um who was a fellow scientist on the Manhattan project. Um, anyways, I just was like, I got to look this lady up and see what she looked like. Like if he ended up having an affair with her, yeah, she's not very cute. (laughs) So dude, I don't know. Yeah. I was like, I don't know who his wife was or his girlfriend or whatever, but, you look at I all mean, of them and they're the, not the mistress like, wasn't too hot. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> you look at all of them. They're not very like his wife, Trinity or uh, kitty. Yeah. She was like, I don't know. I, I think she was like a, not ugly. I don't think she was like extremely attractive, but yeah, at least the other girlfriend, Jean, I don't know, dude. I just don't, I don't she rocking it. a three on the scale. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? A three? She's a three. <laughs> like one through 10. Uh, like out of, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like a three, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I think, again, that's subjective. You know, what do you say is a 10? What do you say is a one? But yeah, I I would say a three. Yes. (laughs) Dang, she's Uh, in my league. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Too bad Um, she's dead. And she's, I, is she, oh yeah, I think she is dead. I think she was killed actually. That's crazy. Or she killed her. No, no, no. She killed herself. I think she killed herself. I don't remember. Damn. Um, Yeah, unfortunate. She, she was very like very depressed and had a lot of kind of uh issues she like she yeah very interesting lady um but yeah that was oppenheimer in the manhattan project 
again, this is a four or five part series, so we're not trying to spend so much time on this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was kind of it for me. I know we, I sound like a broken record. I've said it 15 times now, but we glazed over this. Uh, if you want to look into more detailed overview of Oppenheimer's life, yeah, uh, I've been reading a book called um, American Prometheus. Yeah. Just to give a quick call out. Great book so far. I'm about three quarters of the way through. And it's very interesting. It gives a lot of details. It is kind of long. It is a tough read. They use a lot of uh, verbiage that I'm not very familiar with. So it's been like, I just have to like kind of take it easy. But uh, really good book. If you want to learn more about Oppenheimer and kind of the stuff he did growing up and going into the Manhattan Project, uh, good read. I would recommend it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it for me, boys. Yeah. I mean, last thing I want to say is like, I don't think Kitty's out of the question. You know what I mean? Or whatever his mistress's name was. So Kitty was his wife. Okay. Jean was his mistress. And then he had the other mistress that was, uh, what was her name, Parker? Ruth Sherman Tolman. Oh, Ruth. I think I do remember that name. Ruth. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. She was the one that was a scientist. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why she is more and stands out because she was on the Manhattan Project with him. Right. I think I do actually remember who you're talking about now. I mean, I just don't want to say like my chances are out because, you know, um, I was able to bang this girl that I had a huge crush on in high school. I, I did not expect you to go there. I would. I, it was crazy, dude. It, it was, was it one when of our I friends as moms? A nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I did. Oh, my gosh, Brennan. That is filthy and highly uh, disgusting. <laughs> it's pretty um, funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So thank you guys for listening to me ramble on about Oppenheimer and the Manhattan Project. Uh, we hope to dive deeper into next week into kind of like the morals of dropping the bomb. I know we did a little bit here in this episode, but we'll go a little bit heavier on it next week. And uh, we'll talk about Hitler's death as well, which is a little bit before the dropping of the atomic bomb. Um, so look forward to that. And then we we're planning our last last episode to go over some conspiracy theories and uh, Nazi weaponry because that is highly interesting, to be honest. A lot of the things like, I mean, say what you will about Hitler. Shitty guy. Yeah. But he was messed the F out and they did a lot of very interesting research. Nazi Fair Germany enough. was like very aggressive in their weaponry and trying to expand that. So... That's kind of what we want to hit on this uh, this next or two episodes from now. Yeah. So should be fun. Should be very exciting. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I do want to throw out there that you guys should totally follow us on oh, X, yeah. follow us on Instagram, follow us on our Facebook page, even check out our website, shadowvalleypod.com or shadow, yeah, shadowvalleypod.com. That's right. Um, or hit us up over email, um, shadow valley, no shadow dot valley pod at the doge network.com. Um, yeah, there it is. <laughs> hit us up. Uh, it's always real and it's always fun. Um, my name's Brennan. You, uh, well, anything else you want to say, Parker? Um, also share, share the p podcast. Yes, if, uh, share it. you know, if you felt like it's shareable. Yeah. If, if you think my mortation jokes are <laughs> class action, then like 
<laughs> share them with your friends. Yeah. Like 10 out of 10. <laughs> Even if you didn't think it was shareable, share it. Or I'm going to come after you. I'm going to come. Though. <laughs> oh, dude, that reminded me of that old man's Lord have mercy. I'm about to bust. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Have you seen the, uh, uh, like the joke where, uh, Kamala Harris is talking, like giving a message to, uh, people who are trying to cross the border illegally where she's just like, do not come, do not come. Oh, and then yeah. it cuts to this clip of Donald Trump who's just like, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. Just absolutely uh, hilarious. But yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's it. All right. My name's Brennan. You've got Gabe. And you've got Parker. And this is Shadow Valley. Thank you.